0: the puck is dropped and we are underway metaphorically speaking episode 35 yes we think of 35 we think of tony esposito who took the number because he was cocky he knew it was the highest number in the nhl so he wanted to wear the highest number uh back in the day now oh boy numbers craig it's episode 35 but the numbers, are 87, 62, sixty-two, four. oh my goodness gracious. I, I don't know why it still bothers me a little bit. I should get over it. I should have got over it when Kenny Hodge went to 88 and Phyllis Pazito you know, went to 77. Back then, those were like those numbers that made you go, but I guess it's it's just a number. It lets play by play guys identify guys easier. How are you?
1: Are you telling me you're not over that? Are you telling me all these years that this is still one of the one of your pet peeves? Really? Oh boy. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll try to help you with that one. Uh, I like the big numbers. There's no three-digit numbers. There's no three-digit
0: numbers. Are they, right, right? are they coming? Right? I hope
1: I hope not. <laughs> I don't think, I mean, that would be funny. And goal scored by number
0: 108. (laughs) It's just about 47. Like, could you imagine? I (laughs) mean, when Guillaume Latondress, and we were on the air together when this happened, because it was like, oh, seven, I think it was, before you uh, went to help save the Leafs. Uh, (laughs) So when Guillaume Latondress took 84, that completed the NHL cycle from zero to 99 that every number was used. Now you gotta, you gotta admit, that's fascinating. Like when, when he wore 84 and that completed all the numbers, I think that's pretty neat, you know? And I, I was mad at the Bruins. When the Bruins in the 70s and 80s had guys come up and they wore 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 30, I thought that, cause they retired so many numbers and it just bugged me. All the Bruins have called somebody else up again from the farm and they're giving them 35, 36. It just, it bugged me for whatever stupid reason.
1: Well, they had to, though. They didn't have any numbers, right? Like, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, like, you know, like one to 10 was gone. Like, you know, like everything was so, obviously you're going to get into higher numbers. My greatest, my greatest, greatest number moment. I have one. You know, my greatest number moment was, is when they retired Phil Esposito's number seven in Boston. And Ray Bork took off the jersey, handed it to Phil, and he was wearing 77. That was one of the most unbelievable moments I've ever seen with numbers. And, you know, Phil is uh, not somebody that's uh, uh, lacking words or anything, but, you know, you could just see, you know, looking back, the emotion uh, on his face and like, th- like it was like, wow, this just really happened. So, you know, Raymond Bork in 77. You talk about a great honor for Phil Esposito. That, that was phenomenal. One of the best I've ever seen.
0: I loved it. I remember vividly. I loved it. You're right. Special and numbers do matter in hockey. And most of the big ones were always seven, nine, 10. That was kind of for every team. And then they're all retired. And then, you know, and four, of course, you know, uh, there'll never be another, like you might have to use every number. And if they reset the bids and just say, we're honoring everybody. 250 years from now, they will still not allow anyone to wear four in Boston. I, I have a feeling, or nine in Montreal, or nine in Detroit. No matter what, like eventually, 500 years from now, you have to think that every number would have been retired, Greg, uh, Craig. Well, the only number in Montreal in the, in the first
1: uh, up to like is number eight. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, nine, and 10 are all retired in Montreal. So, you know, Ben Sherat's wearing number eight. And after that, you got to go to 11, and away you go. But there's nobody uh, wearing those other digits uh, up to ten, other than Ben Chirac at eight.
0: <laughs> yeah, if uh, if I'm um, you know Shane Wright, I wear eight uh, when I get to Montreal. Anyway, speaking of numbers in Montreal, <laughs> speaking of oh, numbers, I like that, I like that. A nice single-digit eight. It's a nice, like eight's a great number. Like eight's, a, I think it's a sexy number, eight. Eight.
1: Well, yeah, eight. Well, I mean, maybe, but, but you said eight. We're gonna get into him a little bit later as we probably shouldn't, but we will. It's Sydney Cros- See, Sydney Crosby's 87 it is to me the most relevant number. Because 87, he was born on August 7th, 1987. His number tells you it's his birthday. How many people can wear their birthday as their jersey number? Sidney Crosby does.
0: Yeah, I like that. And Yager, why he wore 68. I, I thought that was good on a yeah. different scale. So uh, we were going to get into Sid, and we will. Sid's so sexy. to tease, because it's like, oh, <laughs> talk about Sid. 31 will probably never be worn by anyone else in Montreal after Carey Price. You and I both saw on Sunday his newser. It was about 30 or 13 minutes long. I don't want to say the takeaways I took, and then I, I don't want to influence you on what you thought. So... We both watched it. You go first on some of your takeaways because I raised a Spockian eyebrow listening to that newser.
1: Well, you'll have to tell everybody who Spock was. And uh, of course, I'm influenced by you. So thank you for letting me go first. You know, you think about what Carey Price did uh, in helping the Montreal Canadiens on that fantastic playoff run. He, he's been a big tournament, Olympics, big game goaltender in the playoffs. We've seen that brilliance from, from Carey Price. Think about him playing at that level he did last year. And we find out it's on a little bit of a wonky knee, maybe more, more than just a little bit of a wonky knee. But... You know him talking about going into the player assistance fund and you know hopefully you know letting people know asking for help is something that's a, a sign of strength not a sign of weakness uh, and, and trying to be a positive role model and that he said it was a it was a, it was in the back of his mind it was probably more than just in the back of his mind you know it's good to see Carry in a good place in that regard you know with his family uh, and young kids uh, you know, I think back to you know when he connected with that young player who had lost his mother, and you know, and you know how those special moments when you connect. And let's not forget that, like uh, you know, that's something when when we look at the young kids who are looking at the goal. I want to be like Kerry Price, and you know, Carey Price certainly uh, didn't disappoint on the ice, and he doesn't disappoint off the ice in that regard either. But you know, the Montreal Canadiens, you know, this year, what I would say is. Probably Carrie Price's best interest. This is me to just get back to a place where you feel physically at at your best and mentally at your best. And and if that doesn't mean till next year, wait till next year. The Montreal Canadians are are not going anywhere. As much as you might want to come back and play, you know if you if you're not feeling up to it and you're not feeling ready for it in both those areas, don't come back and play. Now I will say this: if you do get to a point and you just want to have two or three games at the end of the season that helps you through the summer, that would be good. But, you know, for Kerry for Price, and you think back to the expansion, he could have been a Seattle Kraken. But, you know, and you know, from, being from that area, of the Pacific Northwest, certainly uh, I think it would be appealing to Kerry and his family. But, you know, we think about great players and we think about players that have played and have, have had such a, an impact on the league. You know, for, for every player, uh, you know, the, the end comes at different times. I hope it's not the end for Kerry Price because I think that he demonstrated that he's still got lots of uh, top level goaltending available uh, to him in his play. If he had, And that was when he wasn't at healthy fully. If he gets back to full health, I think he can still be that goalie. Look at Mark Andre Fleury.
0: Yeah, no, I, Craig, the, the presser was not, you know, Ted Lasso um, no. uplifting. It, it, it was not, it made me go, hmm. And uh, it made me go. This guy's leg might be in trouble. He might never come back. He said he's had a few setbacks. The the media I thought were very nice to him, and they could have forced. You know, if his issues weren't mental or substance, it's different. If 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 he if it was just an injury and he came back, then you probably feel less sorry or less you know soft shoeing around him. But because it is and it's Carey Price, then you say. Okay. You know, John Lou was really good. And he's, you know, just to be clear, you know, uh, you can read into it how you want. So he's had two setbacks. He's worried about the knee. So in theory, he might not be able to come back ever. You know, I would have asked the question, Kerry, do you love hockey? Do you want to play? Cause maybe he doesn't, maybe he doesn't. He was asked about Montreal. What's he going to say? Yeah. I tried to get out to Seattle last year. I really hope I can get out. You know, he's not going to tell us that, but he was open about the, the knee. So that's an issue. This wasn't the knee's going to be fine. I'm going to get through it. I'm still a young man. I'm only, you know, an 87 birth. Um, I'm 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 going to be fine. I think I've got at least three good years. I I watch Brodeur. I watch Wah. I watch Belfour, I've got time. I'm going to do something. And then I thought to myself, wow, Price and Lunquist, kind of similar. Olympic gold. You know, 30, 31 really good on a team that was never the best gold medal, but not Stanley cup. And, you know, health issues at the end that, you know, let, the King would still be playing. He, I know he wanted to play, He'd be a capital right now. So I don't have the answer. I just feels, I didn't leave the newser feeling better. I, I felt worse. I feel like, Oh my goodness. And if I'm him, if I'm him, I want to play as many games to make sure the knee can handle it, because then I'll have less anxiety in the offseat. Like if I play, remember what Ben Bishop did? Yeah. You know, I want to know, right? He needed to know. He knew in the middle of the, he came on the show, he came and said, by oh, the middle of the second period, I knew I'm never going to play hockey again. And it was crushing, but he, he knew. So for Carey to come back and, you know, see how, see how the game goes, how his leg responds, it's always the next day after the game in practice. I need to know I can do this and be good and then go to, to sleep in the summer and say, I'm coming back. It's going to be different. Montreal can't be as bad as they are now. That's just me. But I, it, put it this way, it, it did not leave you feeling good. I think I felt worse after the presser for Montreal and Price than I did Craig going into it. That's how I felt.
1: Well, well he, he, the other part of this too, that I, and, and, and we can't duck it, the, the Montreal Canadiens are, are, are dismal they're they're, the dismal on the ice they're trying to get everything in order uh with the front office and certainly jeff gordon and kent hughes are got got a lot of work ahead of them but like why would you if you're carrie price want to come back to that like really why i mean the coach that's behind the bench is not going to be the coach there next year but he shouldn't be the coach next game let alone next year but like he he's got like you know why why would you want to come back and do that I mean, they're giving up, like, 40 shots, 55 shots, 45 shots. They're getting, they're getting pounded night in, night out. Like, you think you want to come back to that? You think you want to come back to that mess? I, I can only tell you this. I sure as hell wouldn't want to come back to that mess.
0: It's a mess. Uh, and what's bad for Montreal is good for everybody that plays them, including the Edmonton Oilers. And Vander Kane could it have gone any better that they score <laughs> seven goals and 97 gets 0 points. 0 points and one of the things about adding Kane that I didn't think about and I'm not the coach but I I didn't think about it was putting Ryan Nugent-Hopkins back at center on a new third line with Hyman and Zach Cassian which is pretty darn good and going nine deep if you think they can. Now I know it's only Montreal and Kane scored the first goal, but it is now a four game winning streak. They're right back in the Pacific Division playoff hunt and you know I thought give Kane a chance and it'll work out. One game doesn't make it work out, and it is only Montreal. But what a good start for the Oilers. I'd like to think the worst is over, Craig. I'd like to think the worst is over. Now, this is why we play the games. The Oilers got to make the playoffs. They got to make the playoffs.
1: That's fine. Like, you know, yeah, the worst is over until the goaltending goes south again. Listen, I, like I, I have zero trust in the goaltending, zero. Like, you know, like, sorry. And then, and like, it doesn't mean that they're not capable of playing good. They're not, that doesn't mean that at all. But I just never know what's going to fall off. I always quote Scotty Bowman because I'd rather have average goaltending than up and down goaltending because I know exactly what I'm getting. When you got up and down goaltending like the others have, you never know what you're getting. You don't know what you're getting. Sorry, like, you know, so the, the, I, I don't like it. I don't like the goaltending. So that, that I've said that and, and everything that goes with it. Like, everybody sits down and goes, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is the third center. I guess he's the third center behind 97 and 29. Where else do you want him to play? Like, you think he's better than those two guys? Like, stop. Oh, the, big news. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, third line center. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. On that team, that's exactly what he is. And you know what? Good for Dave, like Dave Tippett, like, oh, what a move, David. no, Dave Tippett didn't make a move, Dave Tippett <laughs> just said, I finally got a player here, I don't got to play, I don't got to play Nugent Hopkins on the wing, I don't, I don't got to put dry settle on the wing, I got a left winger to play with Connor McDavid, so Ryan Nugent Hopkins, like, you want to know something, if you never knew anything about hockey, you said, I got these three guys, okay, and I just want to tell you a little bit about them, I got this guy the play center, who's the best player on the on the planet. I got this guy who's right behind him and right in the argument for best player. And then I have this other guy that's pretty good. What, what order would you play them in? <laughs> like, give me a break.
0: No, like, I think that the order is more about if ninety three was going to be on the wing, where he's done a good job for the Oilers. Can they be deep enough to go three centermen down the middle? And I thought the answer was no clearly after one game against Montreal, maybe it's, yes, I I think it's fluid depending on how certain guys do. Um, It's just good to have options. you taught me a long time ago. Options are good. Options are good on the ice. Options are good in negotiations. Options are good when you're a, you know, a young man in university options are good. So the Oilers have them right now and it's good. They've got options that two of those centers can play the wing or center. So it's intriguing because if it's a soap opera, Think of the year of the Oilers, seven and one, 16 and five, two, 11 and two get King who like it's, it's, it's a movie, Craig. And why do we watch sports? Cause it's real life, real drama, real TV. And, and that's why I thought what happened on Saturday was, it was good entertainment except for Montreal Canadian fans. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was good. Hey, listen, i
1: I've said this. Connor McDavid has never had a left wing or a right wing like, uh, Evander Kane, he's never had that level of player, he, he just never has had that level of player. And and again, like, you, you, you can take square pegs and put them in round holes. My, my good friend Doug Jarvis, who just had his Ironman streak broken by Keith Yandel, used to say, you know what a square peg in a round hole is? square peg in a round hole. <laughs> like, don't ever think, don't ever think just because you put that, you got to pay a square peg in a round hole. So Ryan News and Hopkins, you know, getting Evander Kane now gives them more depth. Yeah. It gives them some flexibility in their lineup. Right. And you can look at where Hyman, I mean, Hyman's a way better player than Warren Fogel. So I'm going to be interested to see how, how, how the, like, you know, like, I, I, ideally you want Fogle deeper down the lineup. So he's playing with Dreisaitl and Pugliardi on uh, Saturday night. You know, that, that that's going to be a work in progress. The minute Dylan Holloway is ready to come and play, Fogo will be behind King and Hyman and, and Dylan Holloway. And, and that will make it even more ideal for the Edmonton Oilers. And that's, the, the, that's just a matter of how, how the order should be. When you're building your team and you can build it in that manner and you get players down the lineup in spots that they can handle a lot better, that's a good thing.
0: I heard uh, Bob Stauffer say he had like three assists in three games. So uh, development in the uh, American League to get to the NHL level for the Edmonton Oilers. Time now for KB on Ice, an inside look at the National Hockey League brought to you by our good friends at Sports Interaction. Sports Interaction, Craig, as you know, is Canada's sportsbook. All right, my friend. Your count has taken a couple hits, but you're overall doing very, very well. The hockey world awaits. What does Craig think about tonight? Who do you like? You ridiculed
1: me last week. You said I took all the easy games and everything. I took those easy games and I lost. I lost. So, yeah, you know, like the, you can't just, uh, you know, count on these other teams. Boston. I took Boston over Anaheim. Anaheim won. Anyway, schedule tonight. Come on, Florida, Columbus, give me a break. <laughs> like That's that's not where I'm going. That's not where I'm going. Like, I think, I think Detroit will beat Anaheim. That's the, the, that's my big pick. And wow. I like, I like the way the Vancouver Canucks are playing. I know they didn't find, they weren't really good Saturday night, but, but I like the way they're playing. I'm taking Anaheim on the road versus Detroit. I'm taking Vancouver on the road versus Chicago.
0: I'm taking Florida, giving up the puck and a half. I think Florida's going to do well. Over for the over-under Edmonton-Ottawa, it's going to be a very high-scoring game. And the Leafs at home with Campbell due for a good game are going to beat the devils. I think they're probably going to beat them by three or four. I can see five one. So I'm taking Edmonton Ottawa over Florida minus one and a half Toronto minus one and a half. Book them Dano. <laughs> Book them Dano. It's a famous phrase for you kids out there. Hawaii five. Hawaii five. all. he's Craig button. I'm Steve Cooley it's ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Check out all NHL odds, props, and totals at SIA.com. That's SIA.com. And sign up today at sportsinteraction.com forward slash cool button pod to place your bet. Sports Interaction is Canada's sportsbook. It's never a bad bet betting on and for eight and eighty-seven. I mean, we've waxed poetic on Alexander Ovechkin this year at 36, playing like he's 26 for obvious reasons. Since Sid has returned, he's played as if he is also 26 years of age. To me, Craig gets the strength on the puck. The, the, the battle in the corner I think it was on Philip Ronick, out in front to Gensel. and you know, the between the legs pass and everything. I'm not saying he's played with anything that's renewed and food. No, he just loves to play and does not want to get old. And when the puck drops, the BS stops, and he's there to win, whether it's a practice, inner squad Olympics, Ramuski, Memorial Cup, NH. It, it doesn't matter. That's why he competes And the first on, the last off. It's a cliche, and he's been unbelievable since he's been back, almost of saying anybody that thought there was going to be, like, these two guys married together forever and playing each other again. Maybe it'd be fitting if Sid gets to the big 5 0 in a game against the great eight. When you
1: think about the theater, those two players have uh, created, you know, on their own playing against one another playoff series, you know, think about, think about Pittsburgh. They win the Stanley cup in 16. They win the cup in 17. And who do they have to, who do they have to go through the Washington capitals and the capitals are having some pretty good seasons there. Right. And then the capitals finally, uh, get past the Pittsburgh Penguins when they win the cup in 2018 right then you think about the dueling hat tricks like you just think about everything from the day they entered the league as as, as the 4 first overall pick and the 5 first overall pick coming out of the lockup. it's unbelievable to think about it and here's Sidney Crosby two goals shy of 500 and he gets to host the great aid in the Washington Capitals on Tuesday night and the thing about Sidney Crosby He's not a great host. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't care about welcoming the Washington Capitals or Vetchkin, <laughs> Those commercials were great. I love them. You know, the way they did and played off of one another is, uh, but you know, you think about two first overall picks. So in 04 and 05, and back to back first overall picks, I'm going to ask you a little trivia question, my friend. Can you name other drafts? There was three drafts, okay, just so you know where they had 500 goal scores back to back to back coming out of the first overall pick. Can you name the, the three drafts and the players?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, Medano and Sundin were back to back, right?
1: And then who was before Medano?
0: 87 was Turzon.
1: You got it. Oh yeah. You got the three. So back to back to back, they had 500 goal scores, right? You know, but, and you know, Madonna's in the hall of fame, Sundin's in the hall of fame. I, I I think Pierre Turgeon should be in the hall of fame. Right. But like, think about, think about Crosby and Ovechkin. Like it's unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about two of the greatest players ever and, you know, Stamkos and Kane, they might be the Stamkos to me and Kane could be the next back-to-back first overall picks so that could get to uh 500 goals. I'm not sure about Tavares, but certainly Stamkos and Kane. It, it's been, it's, Like brilliance. It's been brilliance. And it has, you just talked about it. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't stopped. It hasn't declined. Like, like I I keep trying to think like, you know, you look for signs of decline. I see none, none, Steve, none, zero. We've talked about numbers earlier in the show. None. I see zero.
0: (laughs) And the real, real truth is the real, real truth. And I've been guilty of saying only because you're in talk radio and, you know, we like to go first. You ask me a trivia question. People are going to say later, did Craig give you the answer? Are you kidding me? Are you <laughs> kidding me? You know what I mean? Like, I want to, I want to get that right. And, you know, so, oh, Medano, Sundine. So 90. No, it wouldn't have been 90. Go back one, Churchon. Like, you know, that's a great win for me. That's a great, that's a tough question. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. So the decline. Here comes the Bruin Capital Penguin decline. Here. Oh, no, it's not. I, I thought, right? Like, it, it's not. And if, if, Marc-Andre Fleury throws himself into the mix and goes to a team that clearly needs him in the Capitals. Think about that for drama because the real truth is this. For argument's sake, let's put Fleury in there playing like he's played well for Chicago or Vegas, okay? Now the Capitals, who've nursed their own injuries, the Penguins, probably Carolina. I got the Rangers a little bit lower. Could the Capitals then not win two series? Could the Penguins not then win two series? Could they not get to the conference final? They could still win. Like since the teams were terrible and they got these guys, they've actually never been bad again. Like they've been good since 07, 08 where they could have won. You're like, could have, should have, would have, could have, should have, would have. So basically we're in a 13 year window that they've been there every year. And the Capitals did win. And the Penguins, we know, we know, in know, we know what they did in 16, 17 and, and did win. So it's, it's, almost unbelievable that they get them you get this person you will be good the genie says forever well not ever but you know what i mean and they're good so these teams could win again and they're almost still like they're in their prime that's the thing like if they were in decline and this was like okay it's the watch of a veteran guy and team like bull durham the team no, these guys are great now. That's what I love, is that they're still relevant, they're still in the mix, and they still could win. That's what's going to make Tuesday and the playoffs, should they meet, even more special. That's what gets the hair on the back of my neck standing up. Uh,
1: well, I, I'm 100% with you, Adam. Right? And, and, and you think about it. Like, you know, I don't know if they're still in the – there's no decline there, Steve. There's no, they are still at the top of their game. They are still top players, not because of what they did, because of what they're still doing. And they are driven to win. So my pet peeve, you know what my pet peeve, you told me your pet peeve was the high numbers. And you said, you're trying to get over it. And I I really respect you for that. You know what my pet peeve is? Is when I hear things like this, well, their window appears to be closing. Really? You know about a window? Like, are you in the window and door business? Like you have no clue what a window is. Go talk to Sydney Crosby and go, do you think my window? Do you think your window's closing, Sidney? No, I got Malkin. Mike Sullivan says, I got Latang, I got Malkin, I got Denzel, I got Rust, I got Crosby, I got Jari. Like, you think Mike Sullivan's going like, oh, geez, you know, uh, Ron Hextall. Uh, I think our window's closing here. I mean, maybe we should uh, talk to the uh, window company. I mean, it's just one of those stupid, lazy narratives, your window's closing. You know, seasons change year to year, year to year, year to year, year to year. You know what hasn't changed? Ovechkin and Crosby. Ovechkin and Crosby, the, those are good teams. Their window's closing. Oh, when do you think their window will open? Oh. Like, seriously? Do people lay awake at night trying to dream up this garbage? Because that's what I think it is, Steve. I think it's garbage. It's yeah. Me at the curb. I don't know what garbage day is for you in Whitby. Here where I live, it's Tuesdays.
0: Well, I can also add to they'll never win with, which was Oh, don't get me I- started. I Iserman, started. Iserman, Ovechkin will never win with, uh, all those types of things. And oh. I get, I think sometimes it's almost as if to say, um, well, I don't know who they have in their system. Uh, I haven't seen them play a lot. Uh, but to say, <laughs> you know, it's like the, they play with heart and passion and blah, 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 blah and momentum. Uh, but anyway, so a team, so that, that that's a great storyline. And we could talk All day on those guys, and we have so why don't we? (laughs) (laughs) Well, because I also want to get
1: 87, 8. We're talking 87 and 8. We're gonna have one show, just about 87 and 8. We're gonna go through top 10 moments for each of us. They can't be the same. Anyway, I mean the NHL. I just I'll finish with this. The NHL, okay, you know, economically, you know, with the lockout in 04, the 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 season that wasn't played, and then for them, they couldn't have planned it. They couldn't have planned it with their best planning. You, you talk about your Spocky in ears in the Gary Price uh, press conference, right? Dr. Spock, you know, like here's what I would tell you. There is no way that they could have drawn up a better scenario than Ovechkin and Crosby coming into the league out of a lockout and performing at the level they did coming right out of the lockout and having not stopped at all during that all the time, right up until today. I can't wait till Tuesday night to watch it. I mean, what a, what a thrill to be able to say I saw I saw Sidney Crosby scores five hundredth goal. A little bit of trivia here for you. Do you know I saw Roberto Clemente get his three thousandth hit? Really? In Pittsburgh, nineteen seventy one. It was his last hit in the uh, in the in a major league baseball uniform because he died in that plane crash delivering supplies to Nicaragua uh, on New Year's Eve. But I was there. It was, uh, it was a double in the gap. My father taking taken me. I was seven years old or eight years old. I'll never forget Roberto Clemente. And this Bob Prince, who was the uh, play-by-play, Bobby Clemente. Call him Bobby Clemente. Bobby Clemente. I'll never – I was there. 3,000th hit. Love to see a 500th goal.
0: What a player. Uh, what a legacy for Clemente. And, of course, Crosby and Ovechkin, baseball analogy, they've each hit grand slams in their careers many, many times. A guy having a grand slam season, a Hall of Fame season for, you know, not a Hall of Fame player, unless he's going to do this for eight more years, is, is Nazem Khadri. We talked about Montreal earlier. Montreal can't win. They just can't win. No matter what they do, they can't win. Although <laughs> they gave Colorado a good run for their money in Denver, uh, they have still won that game part of their 18-game home winning streak. Like, think about that for a moment. I didn't know those numbers and the records Detroit and they did it in 2012. Detroit was good ten years ago. They didn't win the cup in 2012. So, but anyway, so Colorado can't win or can't lose for trying even without the injuries and Nazem Kadri, you know, when, when the broken nose happened to McKinnon Kadri then said, Oh, Oh yeah, it's me again. It's, it's me. He set up the tie in winning goal. And this is a special season People say contract years, like Alexander McGilney or anybody. I, I don't want to get into that. I want to give him credit for being a great second-line center. I don't know if he's going to be the first liner next year in Montreal, Philadelphia, Seattle, and they're going to pay him eight times seven. I don't know. All I know is this. If he's learned his lessons, boy, oh, boy, going into the playoffs with these two guys, the Avs are a special story. And Nazem Khadri is he's got to be, if we have five heart nominees, Craig, He's got to be at least one of the five. Maybe you say one of four. Maybe you say one of three. Because right now, I, I'm blown away. I, I, and and good for the guy who, at times, we didn't know if he could control himself. But this is fun to watch right now. Like, he's doing some wow things.
1: So, Taylor Hall won an MVP because he had a fantastic season. Corey Perry uh, won the MVP because he was having a fantastic season, scoring 50 goals. Well, Nazem Kadri has to be in the Hart Trophy conversation because he's having a fantastic season, just like those two players did when they won the Hart Trophy. There's no question about it. You you, you love the way Nazem plays, and you know I we have talked about Nazem. Uh, you know, crossing the line. He 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 did it three times. He did it three times. And last year, you know, you you look at the Colorado Avalanche team, and it, it was a massive hole when he went out after after the hit on Justin Falk, and. You know, you love the way he plays. And, you know, you don't want him out of your lineup. And you look at the Colorado Avalanche this year. You know, McKinnon, you know, the beginning of the year, you know, not, not playing. And now he's hurt again. The constant, the constant for the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, there's been many constants. But Nazem Kadri has been a constant as a front-line, valuable player. He's been, he's, been, he's been incredible. Incredible in every regard. So, you know what? He's just in a contract here, but so what? He was good last year. And when we say that he, his absence hurt the abs, it did because he was good last year. And he, he could have been a difference maker in, in beating
0: uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't want to bring up this comparison. I don't know if it, if it works. You can't save goals in the 7-1 win. You can't save wins in January and February. And they're blowing some teams out of the water. And other teams are just sneaking by them. But they're, they're all wins. They're all wins. Is there any Tampa-like when they had their 60-plus win season and not having anything? Like, they're, they're starting to blow away from the field. Um, is there any danger? Or is it a danger we create in the media? Like, my thing is this. It looks like it'll be Kemper and Fransos and they deserve to be like, they're not getting flurry. Are like, the people are talking about this narrative. I'd add, I'd add another defenseman because if Bo Byram doesn't return and Sam Gerrard, we saw him get pushed around, you know, maybe a Ben Chirot's more important uh, for Colorado. I got, I'm a guy like that. I'm just saying, but they're, they're right there. I feel better about the abs now than I, and maybe it's recency bias because you're watching the games and going McCarr wins it, rips it in, you know, back to the point, shot, save, rebound, ranting in, Landis God, and they got tough and they got Cadry. They got McKinnon when he's back. You know, I just feel different about them. Do, do you feel the same way? What would you do as a manager? If you're on the committee to say, we don't need a goalie. We need another defenseman to help, uh, you know, Eric Johnson be tougher, hard hockey on the back end. They
1: They missed Nazem Cadry last year in the playoffs and they missed Eric Johnson. Okay. There's no question about it, but, but, but as we move forward here, right. You know, you, you, you talk, I'm not worried about the Colorado avalanche, you know, Kale McCarr, we we know that he's a frontline defenseman, but, you know, is there enough talk about uh, Devontae, like, and how good he is? Like, you know, and how, you know, is there enough talk about Andre Burakowski? You know, we talk about getting players slotted in, not putting square pegs in round holes. Andre Burakowski Bur- is, is such a such a good player for this team you know Valerie nachushkin's having a really good season logan o'connor you know you, you know somebody a free agent find out of uh, the university of denver he he continues to show his value you know alex newhook has settled in really nicely you know they let him you know to kind of grow and develop you talked about that earlier jt comfort like they got depth down their lineup and you know Jeff johnson's gone in and giving them some really good play and some really good minutes there so you know when i see a team you're always trying to look at trying to strengthen your team to the greatest extent possible do I think they can use another defenseman It would benefit them? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I really do think they, they, they would benefit from that. Do I think that if they could find, you know, maybe a, a bigger center in the middle, like, you know, they're not going to get them, but could can you imagine Adam Lowry playing on the third line behind McKinnon and Nazem Kadri, that type of a centerman, you know, Philip denot you know, the way he played for the Canadians last year. That type of sentiment, I mean, I am I am now the, like I, like, you know, I, I want the champagne, the caviar, I, I want it all here right now. Right. So, but it's a really good team. And I'm not worried about them. Joe Sackick, you know, can can look at different options. And you mentioned Ben Sherrat. I mean, that would be that, that that would be a real nice get for them. But Maybe Josh Manson would be a nice get for them too, another big right shot defenseman, right? So, anyway, I'm just throwing out something. I'm not worried about the Colorado Avalanche, Mr. Coolius.
0: It's going to be a great run from this day right until April 29th. And then enjoy April 30th, the Saturday, because the playoffs will start on that following Monday. It is a great, great time in hockey time now for ultimate hockey fans, not a person or a group of people. It's a great brand new product. That's a must for every hockey basement, ultimate hockey forward slash cool button pod for our discount to learn more to order today, ceiling fans puck light fixtures, which I really like Craig and um, anything you need, Paul will build it for you. Custom built fans or puck light fixtures a puck light fixture behind you right now, right now, TSN hockey department, Craig, how can I, how can I put you one of those puck light fixtures right now, over top of your head and get Steve Dryden to pay for it? How about that? (laughs) Why does Steve
1: Dryden have to pay for it? Maybe, maybe, I don't know. I don't, I don't need uh, Steve to pay for it. Steve would want it for his own. You know what Steve would want? I I like it. Steve's favorite player, all time favorite person is John Belville. He'd like a number four with the Canadians. We you can like do the, that. We yeah, can do know, that. You know how the numbers go? You know how the numbers go? Maybe I'll maybe I'll get that for him for next Christmas. Maybe I will take it upon myself and maybe get him one of those little nice little light fixtures and, and whatnot. Yeah, okay. You, you made me think there we go. Four.
0: <laughs> yeah. For the listeners out there, check it out. Think about it. ultimatehockeyfans.com hockey forward slash cool button pod is our code for our discount. Our good friend, Paul Cohen, will take care of you. Final thoughts. Craig Button first.
1: Well, you know, I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to. I I cannot wait. I cannot wait for 11.10 p.m. on Wednesday night, February 2nd. You know what 11.10 p.m. is?
0: Uh, It's the kickoff.
1: It's the kickoff. No, not 11.10 p.m. It's the kickoff to the uh, Women's Olympic Hockey Tournament.
0: Oh! Canada-
1: Canada begins their quest for gold uh against Switzerland on that night you know seeing uh seeing how 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 well prepared uh you know the teams have been you know everything that they've gone through the women's hockey have gone through with the postponement cancellation of world championships postponement and now they're on hockey's biggest stage like the Olympics for for, for the women and I'll tell you what, they have done so much to be prepared for this, including going into a bubble prior to, to, to getting on, on, onto their planes and getting into uh, China. Can't wait to see them uh, playing and kicking off the uh, Olympic Women's Hockey Tournament. Can't wait. And you know, Monday, February 7th, we'll talk about it, Canada-USA. Oh, boy. Uh, I'll tell you what, that's always a good game.
0: We could make a strong argument it's actually the best rivalry in sports today. And and people on the male soccer side, football would say, "What are you talking about?" They would. They say, "No, well, uh, I disagree with you. Uh, it's Scotland. You you're wrong. It's the, It's a football. It's not women's hockey. You know what I mean?" And uh, it might be. It might be. I think Sports Illustrated said that a couple of years ago. Um, that's how good it is. And uh, I can't wait for that either. You said 11. I want to end with, Jonathan Huberto, number 11. Like the, the game Saturday again, and what he's done. And I love when they put Barkov and Huberto together. And they've got the op and. <laughs> It's just, it's just wow. It's just wow, and I hope he wins yet, Ross. I really do. And at the start of the year, you said Huberto McDavid, and it doesn't matter. Uh, and then the second and third lines won't matter because you got Crosby and McKinnon. However, they work it out. So I'm like, okay, you got Huberto a little higher than I do, Craig. Let me just see. <laughs> and then I think about the 200 foot game, the passing, the penalty killing, the heart, the soul, the the leadership, him singing a song on the bench. He's even. Better now than he's ever been, ever been, and he needs the playoff moment. He might have had an Olympic moment. Huberto scores, but he's not going to get it at least this year. He needs, and the Panthers need a playoff moment. So he goes from here to here, and some. It's true. Like if Tom Brady never won in the playoffs, he (laughs) wouldn't be a legend. Like you need playoff moments. um I hope it happens for Florida this year. But Jonathan Huberto, he is as entertaining and fun to watch as anybody. I'm telling you now special and if you didn't see a yet another Florida Panthers score four or five goals another comeback it's almost become you know uh, you know I'm going to show up uh, in the third period don't do that kid (laughs) but uh, I want to give him a shout out because he has been unbelievable
1: Okay, here I'll finish with this on my part before I turn it over to you for the fantastic finish that you always deliver who doobie do (laughs) we
0: do who be do we do what a great call Um, And again, episode 35, we think of Tony. 36 is next. Craig, great job, my friend. For Bruce, Craig, I'm Steve Kukulius. Be well, be safe. It's going to be a great run to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Cheers.